please be aware that the comments, views, opinions shared on this podcast are not meant to diagnose a medical problem and or legal problem. If you do have a medical problem or legal problem, kindly contact a professional. Welcome to An Apple A Day, a podcast, a resource, a community. Share your experiences and learn from others as we overcome barriers and learn to live a happy, healthy life with a disability. Welcome to the community. Here's your host, Jimmy Apple. Welcome to another episode of An Apple A Day. I'm your host, Jimmy Apple. An Apple A Day is brought to you by www.famousapple.com. How you doing? Taking your medicine, taking your prescriptions, doing your exercises, going to therapy? That's excellent. Before we start, I want to let you know about some changes that are going on. Over at the website, famousapple.com, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes work going on. We're going to be putting out a whole new website, basically. No more clicking to go through all the other stuff to get to the articles you want to read. All the titles are going to be on the main page. And all you have to do is click on the title that you want, and it'll bring you right to the article. There's no more going through commercials or ads. If you want to go to the ad page, there'll be a button there for that. Also on the main page there, we're also going to have the buttons to connect with our Facebook page and our Twitter page and our LinkedIn page and our private message boards and chat rooms. It's going to be great. It's going to be so much easier. There's no more searching through to find what you want. Everything's going to be right there in front of you on the main page when you land on it. It's going to be, I think it's going to be great and I think you'll enjoy it. Something I want to talk about, too, before we start. I received an email from a young lady, Felicia, from the Bronx, New York. And Felicia writes to me, Dear Mr. Apple, why you always say things can be worse? I was in a car accident almost a year ago. I hurt my back and my neck, and now I can't play basketball. Next year, I'm going to be a senior, and I was hoping to play right through to the end. But I can't anymore, according to my doctor, because of my back. Things can always be worse. I don't think so, Mr. Apple. I don't think they can get any worse than this. Sincerely, Felicia. Okay, Felicia. Yeah, they can get worse. You were in an automobile accident. God forbid you got pushed through a windshield or you got glass in your eyes that left you blind or in the accident somehow you lost an arm. It can always be worse. And now I know you're saying, well, if I'm blind, how? You could be dead. You could have lost a limb. And even then... It could be worse. I don't know about being worse than dead, but you lo- just say you lost your arm. It could be worse. You could have lost both arms. So you still have an arm. Basketball is a game. We're talking about your life here. And yes, it can always be worse. Trust me, it can always be worse. So if you don't agree with me, I have no problem with that. But think about it. Please think about it and get back to me. Let me know what you think about what I'm telling you right now. That car accident could have been so much worse than it was. All right, so you have some damage to your back. You're probably going to have arthritis. I'm not a doctor, but I'm just saying it. You may end up with arthritis. You may end up with arthritis in your neck, but it could be worse than that. You could be laid up. You could be crippled. So yes, Felicia, it can always be worse. And thank you for writing. I appreciate it. And anyone else that wants to write with some comments or questions... You can always reach me at admin at famousapple.com. That's admin at famousapple.com. 
Okay, we're going to talk today about our limitations. Do you remember after you first got hurt and you came out of the hospital and you went to therapy and when you're first out of the hospital, you have a thousand limitations. You you know, you can't get up, you can't do this, you can't. And then slowly but surely, you get down to what the permanent limitations are. Using myself as an example, before the amputations and stuff like that, I couldn't walk as well as I used to because I had big damage to my knees and my back and my neck. <laughs> Hello, Felicia. I had surgeries. I had nine surgeries on my right knee. I was getting cortisone shots in my back, which let me tell you, if, if you ever got it, you know what they feel like. I would never do it again, that's for sure. I was getting cortisone shots though in my back, in my ankle, in my left knee, and there were so many things I couldn't do. Now, I was a motorcycle rider. I love riding my motorcycle. And I basically went across country on my motorcycle, and they told me I can't ride my motorcycle anymore. I used to have a class, uh, well, it would be a class A now, for to drive a tractor trailer. They took that away from me. I'm stuck with a chauffeur's license. They took my motorcycle endorsement off my license. And I was devastated. I was devastated. I didn't think it could get worse, just like Felicia. I thought that was the end of the world for me. And I just got depressed. I got really depressed. And then finally, I broke out of that funk. And uh, I started realizing that it could be worse. It could be worse. I could be in a wheelchair, I was saying. I was thinking to myself at that point. So I kind of adapted to it. I adapted to the fact that I couldn't ride my motorcycle anymore, even though it was sitting there in my garage. Truck driving was out of the question. I think what hurt me even more was the day I sold the motorcycle, and that killed me. That was like getting rid of a pet or getting rid of a kid, actually. That killed me, but it had to be done. If not, it would have rotted away in the garage. I used to go out there and start it every day just to hear the engine run. But it was depressing. But that was my limitation. As time went on, my limitations changed. And actually, they changed for the worse. You know, I got the amputation, the first amputation, and I was able to walk around on a prosthetic. But then I got an osteomyelitis, an infection in my bone. And next thing I know, I can't wear a prosthetic anymore. And they're trying to fix it. They have me going to hyperbaric treatment. They have me going for IV antibiotics. That was every day. Every day I had to go for IV antibiotics in the morning and hyperbaric treatment at noon. And that was a month straight. IV antibiotics was seven days a week. The hyperbaric was six days a week. And it was like a full-time job. And at the end of the six weeks, when they did the tests on me, I was actually, I was in worse shape than I was before. IV antibiotics didn't help it, and the hyperbaric chamber didn't help it. Like I said, my limitations, they changed after that, because that's when they told me they're going to have to go back and amputate above the knee. And that, to me, was the end of the world again. I wasn't going to be able to do anything. But then they sent me for a prosthetic for that, an above-the-knee prosthetic. And I'm thinking that I was going to put that on like I did with the below the knee and just walk out of the office. Well, it wasn't like that. It was trying to operate the knee. It was a, a whole debacle there. And all of a sudden, my limitations got worse. The, they changed and they got worse. But again, I overcame it. I adapted to it. And I was going to physical therapy, learned how to walk with the prosthetic, and I had a stroke. The stroke affected my left side, left my left side very weak, and... I couldn't pick up the prosthetic. I could put it on my leg, my residual limb, but I couldn't pick it up. I couldn't move it. The above-the-knee prosthetic is a long rod, 
and the mechanisms for the knee and the mechanisms for the ankle. And it weighs about 30, 35 pounds, same as a leg. And I just couldn't lift it. So now my prosthetic sits in my bedroom and I look at it as I'm laying in bed, but I can't use it. So because of the stroke, I'm stuck in the wheelchair. But I had the option of using my crutches partly around the house and to get out to my car and stuff like that. And I had another stroke. Actually, I had two more strokes. Now for the last eight weeks, I've fallen outside of my house a couple of times inside, but for the most part outside. Up until this last weekend, I went to my in-law's house down in Westchester County. They have a step with a platform, then they have a step to get into the door there. And once you're in the door, there's two steps to get up into the kitchen. And I got on the first step on the platform. My eyes went black. And the next thing I know, I fell off the platform. I'm leaning against the house. I crushed their downspout, and I had no idea what where I was. I was kind of bloody. I had a bang on my head, and they wanted me to go to the hospital there. I didn't want to because, God forbid, they kept me. My wife would have to drive all the way back to our house upstate, and it was, it just, I couldn't do it. I'd be more nervous about her driving by herself at night. So I didn't. I said, I'll go see my doctor on Monday. Well, I get to, I get back to my house. I go in, I go straight to sleep, and the next morning, I get up and we're going out and I use my crutches and I, I have the same thing. I have a platform in front of my house. My platform's a little bit higher than my sister-in-law's. And I go out and I go to go off the step. And again, my eyes go black and I fall off of my platform. This time, though, I fell into the ornamental rocks and I banged my head into the rocks. It, it was a mess, but it was so bad this time, I had to call an ambulance. I went to the hospital and they went through all the MRIs and everything else. But now I'm limited again because the crutches just aren't any good for me. I'm not, because of the strokes, I'm not able to keep my balance. So now I'm definitely confined to the wheelchair 24-7. So again, my limitations have changed. And I can get around in my wheelchair, not as good as I, as I used to before the strokes, but I, I still have my right leg and I took the footrest off the off the wheelchair. So I can push, I can pull myself with my right leg and my right hand. So I'm I'm all right there. Plus I have I have the electric wheelchair I can use when we go out. But my my limitations change again. They change for the worse. And that's what I'm getting at. You know, your limitations are going to change. And 90% of the time, it's going to change for the worse. They could change for the better. It can definitely change for the better. But the majority of the time, it's going to change for the, for the worse. You know, you're going to have to adapt to it and overcome. And it's not as hard as it sounds. It's just like when you first got hurt. And you're a strong person. You're a strong person because you've dealt with it so far. So you're going to be able to do it. You may get depressed and heck, you're allowed to. Do you want to throw a pity party again? Go for it. You're allowed to. But don't make that a, a full-time job, the pity party. You know, again, get up, shake it off, just like you did in the beginning, and work with it. Accept it, adapt to it, and overcome it. That's all that you can't do any more than that. 
And you can't get yourself depressed over it, really, because you're going to sit there and feel bad about it. You're going to, whoa, is me. But you know what? That's not going to change anything. It's not going to make it any better for you. It's only going to make your days worse. It's going to make you feel worse. So uh, you have to overcome it. You have to. And I'd hate to see anyone just give up. I'm not in the best of moods because of it. But you know what? I'm not in the worst mood either. So I have to be in the wheelchair now to go down. I have a ramp in front of the house. So it's not that bad. You know, it's not that bad. It's I feel foolish. But again, I'll adapt to it and I'll overcome it. I really don't care what people think when they see me anymore. In the beginning, I did. But I really don't care what they think. They see a guy in a wheelchair. I'm sure they've seen other people in a wheelchair. And if I'm something they want to look at, well, good. If you want to take a picture, it'll last longer. You're going to overcome it. And you can't let it get to you. And just think. Again, I hate to repeat it again. It can always be worse. I'd just like to add something in here at this point. I don't want anyone to think that I'm telling this story about me so you'll say, oh, poor him. Not at all. I, I don't ever want anyone to say that about me. Um, what I am doing is, like I said in the very beginning, we're using our experiences so that we can help someone else who maybe they haven't run into this yet. So this way they know what to expect. They know how to prepare themselves for it. So I just wanted to let you know, I'm not just trying to put my story out there. As a matter of fact, if you guys write in, I'll use your information. That's what this is all about. We're helping each other. So anyway, let's take a bit of a break here and we'll be back in 30 seconds. I expect to see you on the other side of on the other side of the break and don't run out of me now you know what i'm saying all right i'll see you in 30 seconds an apple a day is brought to you by www.famousapple.com famousapple.com is the home site for this podcast there you're going to find articles about the topics we've discussed you're going to find our connections to our facebook page and you're even going to find connections to our private chat board so take a minute Go over, visit www.famousapple.com, but please wait till the end of this podcast. Don't run out on me now. Let's get back to the discussion. And we're back. I hope you're still here. Before we start in on this side, I want to just remind everybody of something. If you're on Medicare, there's those supplemental plans that you can get. What it does is... Your Medicare payment that you make, I think it's $109 a month, that'll take care of the supplement plan. Some of them you're going to have to make a payment to, but there's a lot of them out there that are free, and they're good to have. I don't know if you've ever looked into it, but the prescription plan is phenomenal. Right now, if you have Medicare, what is it, Plan D, you're you're still paying high prices. You got a deductible. These uh, supplement plans, it's just really good. And there's a lot of benefits to it. When I was down south, I had Umana as a supplement. With Umana, every time that you were in the hospital overnight, when you got out, they would send to your house by by UPS a, a freezer box full of dinners and lunch. This way you don't have to cook for two weeks. And that's part of the plan. It was great. I mean, <laughs> as much as I was in the hospital there for a while, I had food delivered every, every, other, every other week. <laughs> uh, but it's just something to look into. I mean, 
Humana had this thing, with, it was called the Golden Sneakers. It was uh, an exercise group over at the YMCA. They had, they had trainers there. You weren't just going over and lifting weights. You had to tell them what your, your problems were. And they tailored a plan just for you. And you'd work out over at the YMCA. They had the swimming pools, which is great for your back and your legs if you have bad legs. There's a lot of benefits to it. They had the over-the-counter drugs. There was a benefit that you could get them for free. And it's something to look into. Now, the only bad part of that is registration time is only between, it's like October 31st or November something and December something. So you have to wait to the end of the year. But if you look in the white book that Social Security sent you, in the back of that book, they have all the plans and they tell you which one's available in your area. And you could start looking into it and get prepared. Call them up and see what they say. Maybe there's a a grace signing period. I don't know. But it's something good to look at. I, I just want to put that out there in case we have some new people that are on Social Security and they didn't know about it. And if you didn't get the book of benefits, you can call your local Social Security office or you can go there and I'm sure you can get a copy of it. Just something to look into and remember, you know, just remember it. And it might help. It might help. I wanted to talk about this thing. There's a, the government tells us that there's an opioid crisis and they're throwing money into this like it's, like it's free money. And for them it is because the taxpayers are paying it. And I don't understand when people decided that they were victims instead of taking responsibility for their actions. They're giving these people, this opioid people, they're taking them, they're mollycoddling them. These people are criminals. There's a law in this country about using drugs. There's a law in this country about stealing drugs. And they're stealing the drugs from their parents, from their medicine chest, whatever. They're not their prescriptions, but they're stealing them. If not, they're buying them off a drug dealer. Now, the drug dealer, I think if the drug dealer gets caught, he should have to hit the death penalty. There's no ands or buts about it simply because the drug dealers are killing people. I think he should face the death penalty. These people that are taking drugs, they should be going to jail. This way here, you don't have to spend money to send them out to the country so that they can look at the sun through the trees and the horses and the fields and the cows. No, put them in jail. They're not going to be able to take drugs. No one in jail has opioids. It's the same thing with these drunks. You mollycoddle the drunks. Nobody forced any of these people to do any of this. A drunk went out and he bought a bottle and he started drinking. Who forced them? I've never heard anyone come up to anyone with a gun and say, here, drink a fifth of Jack Daniels. Never. And it's the same thing with these junkies. They're shooting up. They're putting this crap into their body. I have never, ever heard of someone going up and saying, you have to do this or I'm going to blow your brains out. They did it themselves. Let them take responsibility. Now, something else that ticks me off, especially with the junkies, they have a needle exchange plan so that they don't get sick. If they're coming in turning in needles, why not just arrest them? They're breaking the law. But no. They'll give them clean needles. Well, you know what? You know what pisses me off about that? What about the people in this country that are diabetic that have to inject insulin into themselves? Nobody's giving them free needles. They need it to save their life. The, these junkies, you know what? 
I don't even worry about it because if they overdose, the cops come, they give them a shot of Narcon for free. Doesn't cost them anything. You get somebody that, that's an insulin-dependent diabetic and they don't have insurance and they don't have money, they're choosing between not eating and buying some medicine. But the junkies, uh, the junkies go out. They, I don't know where they get their money from. I'm assuming that they steal it because I can't see any of them working. They get up in the morning, they go out, shoot it up, they sit in an alley for a couple of hours, get up, go out, beg for money for people going to the train to go to work, and then they go out and buy another bag, shoot it up. They'll get the people coming home from work in the evening, beg money from them, and buy another bag. It's ridiculous. And the fact that the government's throwing so much money at it, and you have Social Security, you have seniors on Social Security that have to decide between cat food or paying their bills. It's sickening. It's absolutely sickening. These people, these junkies and these drunks, they're not victims. They're not victims. They have to take responsibility for their own actions. I seen a commercial on TV for this drunk. The, the insurance company, you wonder why we pay so much for insurance. The insurance company sent him to this place. And he's standing in the, underneath the trees by a railing. And he's looking out at the cows in the meadow and the horses running around. And he's telling him, oh, I could have never quit drinking if I didn't have this place here. Well, what's going to happen? Tell me what's going to happen when these, when these drunks go back to where they live. They go back to the people they were friendly with. There's no trees and no meadows in the five boroughs of New York. So they're going to go back. They're going to continue doing exactly what they were doing. And then the insurance company will pay for them to go back again. You know what? They're breaking the law. They're, they're drunk in public. Put them in jail. It'll sober them up. These, these drug dealers, put them, well, drug dealers, kill them. Give them the, the death sentence because they're killing other people by selling it to them. But the people that are buying it, they're breaking the law too. Put them in jail. That'll sober them up. And then the sickening part is you have states now that legalize pot. It's a gateway drug. Although the people that like to smoke pot, they'll tell you no, but it's a gateway drug. And these are the same hypocrites that tried to tax cigarettes out of, out of existence. Oh, they don't want cigarettes. They don't want secondhand smoke. But now you got some, some melon head walking down the street smoking a joint. And you're getting the secondhand smoke from them. And what do you get from that? It's immediate. You get a contact high. And then you're going to get in your car and drive? Do these people think? Do they think? They don't. Well, that's my opinion. I'd be glad to read your opinion on the next podcast. You can email it to me at admin at famousapple.com. Or you can put it right in the comments box here. And I'll read it next week. I'm willing to take because I'm sure people are going to tell me that I'm a, I'm a real creep. I'm a lowlife for saying that about the poor junkies and the poor drunks. And don't tell me about, I had somebody in my family that did, that did all of this. I had a brother-in-law that was a heroin addict. He kicked the habit and then became a drunk. He's dead now. And I could, I could care less, to be honest. He did it to himself. I like the guy. But he did it to himself. And when he got drunk, he used to beat the crap out of my sister and the kids. So you know what? He's dead. Good riddance. Nicest guy in the world when he was sober. But those periods were few and far between. But like I said, I'd like to hear your opinion. You want to call me a creep for what I've said? Go right ahead. That's just my opinion. If you want to tell me you agree with me, that's fine too.
But yeah, leave the comment box, leave it in the comment box, or email me. Well, thanks a lot for stopping by here today. I really appreciate it. And why not subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode? We have we're gonna have another episode coming out Monday or Tuesday. You know, a little teaser like we've been doing, and it'll tell you what's gonna happen on Friday. So have a great weekend. Have a great week. Feel better. Feel stronger. And I'll talk to you next week. Thanks again for stopping by. Have a great, great week. Thanks for listening to An Apple a Day with Jimmy Apple, your gateway to a happy, healthy life. Join our community at www.famousapple.com. See you next time.